0: Hello, thanks for tuning in to the West Side podcast. This is where we're gonna be posting some of the audio from our gatherings on Sundays, and we're hoping to develop some other content that we're excited to share with you in the future. West Side's vision is to reconcile people to God through the grace of Jesus, step by step. And we really hope that this podcast helps you do just that. We hope it helps you get closer to Jesus. We hope that you would be reconciled to God And not only that, be reconciled to the relationships around you and to the city that you live in, wherever that happens to be. Again, thanks for tuning in and enjoy. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. What a powerful video. Uh, It was a pleasure getting to know uh, Michael and uh, be a part of the the Greeley group. And... um, I mean, how could you not you know, get excited about what he was experiencing there? Um, we're also just blessed to be a part of the, the to be the coordinators of the community groups, uh, Kim and I. Uh, we're passionate about it, we've got a vision for it, and we love everything about it. I'd um, like to talk a little bit um, about that, but first I'd like you to get to know me a little bit. Um, you want to show the picture up on the screen this is a picture of my family Um, first my wife Kim we're celebrating our uh, 28th wedding anniversary this week actually so that's happening thank you we've been at it for a while (laughs) and out of that came three boys Uh, we have Nate who's in the bottom left Uh, he's married to Megan and Josh who's next to him he's married to Caitlin And then we have Caleb who's between Kim and I up there. And uh, he's our recent graduate from high school. So, um, Nate and Megan live up near Corvallis. That's where they've settled down uh, at this point. And Josh and Caitlin, uh, speaking of Chicago, are actually beginning their careers and running after their dreams in Chicago, recently moved out there. We miss them a lot. But um, also, at this point, let me say that we love having daughters in our family, finally. So (laughs) we got uh, some daughter-in-laws that we get to spoil, and um, they get to bring some balance to to what we have going on. Um, Caleb, uh, again, he's a recent graduate. Um, He's he's also uh, someone who serves in our multimedia group, so that's kind of cool. We get to hear his name once in a while. And... um, Probably the most notable fact about him at this point is he is an employee of Crumble Cookie. So this is both a blessing and a bit of a challenge (laughs) because there are lots of great pastries around the house all the time. Um, I'm excited to share a little bit about my story today um, because we're talking about being pandemic proof and that we were created for community. That's really the, the part I wanna talk about today and um, by sharing my story, I believe God wants to minister through that a little bit because I guess the way I came up in the Lord in my spiritual journey um, was pretty unique and and a lot of it had to do uh, outside of the church walls actually. Um, I'd like to start by saying that just, you know, my final year of, of high school and as I began to um, venture off to that, that next step of, doing some college after high school. I didn't know it at the time, but God was um, was really stirring my heart. I kept having this internal question come up, you know, what is truth? <laughs> you know, what is really true out here? Because up to that point, I had had uh, really no, very, very little experience with church. Um, I had gone a few times with grandma, probably on the holidays. And, um, you know, it just, wasn't really clicking you know It, it really wasn't enough to make anything really click i guess but i always had this general sense that god was real and that was about it really no definition beyond that um of course they teach us in high school about evolution and these other reasons for why we're here but it didn't really settle with me for me personally there had to be something more um fast forward uh I was done with my first year of college. I had decided to join the Air Force and I was up north about, um, uh, I don't know, about 20 miles west of Beaverton. I was staying with a cousin of mine, just kind of biding my time a few months before going into a, you know, the, the Air Force, flying away to boot camp. And um, he and his wife at the time decided that they were gonna be going to church. And I found myself in church and hearing the gospel message after a sermon was was given, and then you found me at the altar. <laughs> God really got a hold of me and just gripped my heart like never before. And it was at that point I just knew that I had found that truth that I was searching for. Um, there was no question in my mind. I knew that uh, He had died for my sins and I just wanted to follow him the rest of my days. In fact, that's what I said when I got baptized just three days later at their church. So things were off and running in Scott's world, and um, so not only was I discovering this this new life in Christ, because I truly did feel like something brand new was happening, and those of us who were familiar with our Bibles know what that is all about, that it's, you know, there was a born-again experience happening. Um, I had also become engaged with Kim around that same time. We were going to get married in about a year. And um, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah, a new career in the Air Force. So that was Scott's world. Uh, Went to boot camp, and then I took my new, my my next duty station was in uh, Denver, Colorado, where I had nine months of uh, of tech training. It was one of the longest in the Air Force. So I began to go to chapel there on base and try and familiarize myself a little bit more with, with who Jesus was. And I remember um, serving a few times, reading a scripture, taking an offering. And then one day I saw something on the bulletin board as I was leaving And kind of like pizza with the pastors, (laughs) it said, free pizza. And you know, that's like a hook. I don't know if I saw anything else, but Tuesday, six o'clock, be here. So I was there and I got to meet a couple of of men who would become very instrumental in my faith. So there were a handful of other airmen there who who were Christians. And I I got to meet uh, Bruce and John And Bruce and John were a part of a ministry called Overseas Christian Servicemen Center. Now, it sounds a little weird because we're in Denver. Where's the overseas part? But it actually began overseas. And they wanted to provide a home away from a home for servicemen. And so John began to to share as we were filling our face with pizza. Um, He says, you know, I have a ranch about 20 miles off base. You guys are welcome to come out. We're going to have some great food we're gonna talk about faith, and we got some fun activities. And so as he began to explain that, he said that, the, that their theme was field and stream. Now me being an Oregon boy, that was right up my alley. So I began to go to his place on the weekends, which would involve horseback riding, paintballing, shooting clay pigeons with shotguns, whitewater rafting, hiking in the Rockies. Man, I almost didn't want to come back. Um, But then there was the food. Oh my goodness. So we would have things like snow crab. Um, I remember one time we'd sit around, we sat around the table to eat dinner and John was an avid hunter and they brought out moose stroganoff. You guys getting hungry yet? I was like... Oh man, fresh made bread. And we began to eat this amazing food that his wife Alma had made. And then Bruce got up and he, he read a scripture and he began to ask us all questions, which I thought that was pretty neat because I mean, again, being fresh and new in the faith, I, we aren't in church, but we're doing this Bible study thing. But it was pretty neat. People were sharing their opinions and their experiences and their backgrounds. And so I thought that was pretty cool. And then a few times later when we got together to meet, um, I remember some friends of John's had come over. It was a couple and they were having some financial difficulties. And I remember John bringing his Bible out and opening it up and and them all sitting down and reading some scripture about finances. And for me, this was like, a bomb went off in my mind, (laughs) total mind bomb moment because up to this point, my faith was pretty much based on, I know Jesus and I get to go to heaven one day. But here they are opening up the word, kind of like Michael was talking about in the video, that getting into this word, that there is a God who's alive today, who cares about what's happening in my life today. And that there's real applicable truth in here for those situations. This was really the first time that that had happened um, for me in my life. And it was very foundational for me. Now, Bruce, um, he knew a lot of scripture and I was very impressed with um, how he conducted himself. And I went up to him one day and I said, Bruce, are you a pastor? And Bruce was like, no, no, no. Um, He goes, no, I was discipled. I said, what's that? And he's like, well, it's this process of becoming like Christ and and following some practices that help you uh, along that path. I'm like, well, can I be discipled? And he's like, sure. So we began to meet. Before I knew it, he had shown me how to read my Bible on my own. He said, I want you to read a chapter every morning. And then I want you to to journal on it, which included writing down that one scripture that really pops and jumps out at you. I want you to write it down in your own words. And then I want you to write how you think that applies to you today. And then I want you to write a simple prayer of God helping you with that. Now remember, I'm I'm in the military. Okay, we aren't sleeping in. So I'm getting up at like 4 a.m. to to get this in. But you have to understand that as I began this practice, man, my, my spirit was just, it was so hungry and was becoming so satisfied I couldn't get enough. So day after day, I begin this practice. Week after week, I continue to meet with Bruce. He teaches me how to pray, how to pray intentionally and what that really means. He walks me through the books of the the New Testament, teaches me how to memorize those in order. So, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, in the order of the books. And then he teaches me how to share my faith. This is how you share the gospel. And then he taught me how to memorize scripture. So really within about seven months time, I'm leaving the base, going home to to marry my, my new wife, my bride. And um, you guys ever been to the airport where you walk on that track <laughs> and you're going so much faster than everyone else walking on the carpet? I felt that way in my faith. Like I had just accelerated because you know I'm showing up and I'm talking with Kim and I just I feel so solid. I feel like the, uh, you know so much more has happened in my life just in these last several months. Why do I share this with you today, other than just bragging about God because he's done some pretty awesome stuff? It's because, really, and I think this is really interesting, that probably more than 95% of my faith growth in that first year of knowing him happened outside of the church walls. It happened when, really, my hunger met somebody else's resource, you know someone else's desire to want to give and to build that community. It's kind of like those those old commercials of, uh, you put your chocolate in my peanut butter. No, you put your peanut butter in my chocolate and you got this Reese's peanut butter cup out of it. You know, that's spiritually what's going on here in my life. And so it was fantastic. It was exciting. It was... um, I felt whole and solid in my life. I wanna read a scripture, and I know we touched on it last week, but I'm gonna base uh, the rest of what I have to say off of this. It's in Acts 2, 42 through 47. It says that they devoted themselves, this is the, the apostles, this is the people who were new believers, actually, after, uh, after Jesus had rose from the grave. Let me start over. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many signs, or I'm sorry, at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions and gave to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I love this because it's like the earliest model of the new believers just trying to walk out these practices that Jesus had taught them. There, there was no blueprint on how to do church. They just knew they were supposed to be loving each other, serving each other, learning together, helping, uh, helping each other who are in need, the, uh, the, uh, the widows, the, the orphans, the poor, and, and just growing in this thing together. And so you find them going to the temple together or meeting in homes together to walk this faith out. As it pertains to me, if you want to just bear with me for a moment, when I read the scripture through my lens, it reads like this: The airmen believers devoted themselves to Bruce and John's teaching and to the fellowship, to the Moose Stroganoff and homemade bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the biblical teachings of Jesus, as explained by Bruce and John. The Airmen believers were together and had everything in common. Every Sunday, they continued to meet together at the chapel on base. However, they also ate incredible food as they broke bread at the ranch in John's home and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying each other's friendships and the many field and stream activities And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This was the reality of it for me as I was walking out my newfound faith in the Lord. As I read that scripture, um, I find that um, there there are a handful of things I think we can pull out. Um, First of all, uh, they were... They were encouraging each other and caring for each other. Um, you find that, that they had glad and sincere hearts that they had um, sold, the, sold their items and gave to each other as they had need. And so there's this, um, there's this mental care and physical care that's taking place among the people. There's also prayer taking place because I think they realized in and of themselves this wasn't enough. It wasn't going to work. And they wanted to see God at work among them. You know, Jesus had said, where two or more are gathered, I'm there in your midst. And so they trusted in that. And the Holy Spirit was, it says that that there were signs and wonders taking place. There was also growth happening within the group. You find that they were devoted to the apostles' teachings, which were... You know, the, the, the apostles got it from, from Jesus's teachings. And so they're learning about how God thinks and how God feels. And they're, they're growing in and of themselves. But then there's also a numeric growth taking place as the Lord's adding to their number daily. And there's a favor among the people and there's a real momentum taking place. And then the last thing I wanna mention is that there's relationships being developed, that there's friendships being formed says that they, they fellowshipped together, they met together daily. In fact, in just that one scripture, it says, it says the word together three times. Um, our community groups are really built around these types of things. Um, as Michael even alluded to, when we come together, we want to encourage each other and, and really care for each other that type of uh, of caring really does take place, guys. Um, we're also going to pray for one another, and this is a, an, an exciting time for me. Actually, I wouldn't think it um, initially, but when we get together and we we do take time to pray for each other, we we let each other in, right? We get to take any type of mask off that maybe we were wearing, or just yeah yeah i 'm having a good day to say this is really what 's happening in my life, or something i 'm really excited about and I want to share. you know it says that they had everything in common, and I think that what it 's meaning in that in that scripture is that they understood each other, they knew where each other was coming from. one person was carrying another person 's burdens because they were together they understood there was a a common unity in their community. So they're praying for each other. And and an exciting part about community groups is a few weeks down the road, when we get together, we get to hear about how God had moved, how he answered those prayers. And that seriously is an exciting time because we're all sharing in that together. But then there's the friendships and the relationships that are being built. And this is... um, probably one of the most difficult things to develop in, our, in today's culture, real, real friendships, friendships that matter, real um, meaningful relationships. Um, this, this is so key for us and our community groups allow for that to happen. Uh, we have to be intentional about it and we have to make room for it. And in our community groups allow for that. Rick Warren puts it this way when uh, in the Purpose Driven Life book, he says, we are created for community, fashioned for fellowship, and formed for a family. And none of us can fulfill God's purposes by ourselves. He goes on to say, you are called to belong and not just believe. He says, while your relationship with Christ is personal, God never intended it to be private. In God's family, you are connected to every other believer and we will belong to each other for eternity. And the last one I have here is (laughs) that he says, God wants you to be in regular close fellowship with other believers so you can develop the skill of loving. Love cannot be learned in isolation. You have to be around people, irritating, imperfect, frustrating people. I know that doesn't really preach well. (laughs) When I read that, I thought, God, how am I supposed to motivate people with that line? But then he kind of tugged on my ear and was like, remember when you were more irritating than you are now do you remember when you were more imperfect than you are now more frustrating yeah yeah I get it God so we get the opportunity to pass that along God's grace and his love in those circles the the relationships is so important In fact, I think we find that our relationships are really the most important thing when it comes to eternal things. We heard Brooke say last week that God is the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is a relationship, He doesn't just believe in relationship. He's really, like you said, the first small group. I thought that was really key. Um, and we know this is true. There's nothing that we take with us when we leave. It's really our Christ-centered friendships. Uh, we're, we're eternal. We're, we're like a family. We'll see each other again on the other side. You'll probably never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul trailer behind it on the way to the memorial service. We just can't take our things with us. When Christ died, he died for each one of us, died for the people. And that really brings our value up. It really esteems who we are and how far he went to that cross. He really puts a value on our lives. And so how much more should we view relationships today? This is a question I ask myself and it's a real challenge because our culture is one that leads towards isolation, towards living alone or you know, just doing things our own way. We really have to be intentional. We really have to capture the heart of God here when it comes to, uh, to relationships and what it is that he intends for us. Take a look at the scripture in John chapter 13 verses 34 and 35. Jesus says, a new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you love one another as I have loved you, all men will know that you belong to me. It's, it's really such a key scripture if you just sit there and soak it in. I believe this is God's secret sauce to winning the world back to him. We have the truth. We, have, we know that he died on the cross for our sins. The treasure is there if we would take it. Now, how is a world who does not know him going to become convinced of receiving that treasure themselves. They'll become convinced by looking at us as we love one another, as Christ loved. How are we gonna do that? How are we gonna do that by just brushing our shoulders on Sunday mornings in an hour and a half service? We need to build relationship. We need to become more intentional. Believe me, I'm I'm preaching to myself right here, guys. It's hard, it's tough. We gotta make it happen though, because this is God's plan. We've been working on saying the scripture or saying the prayer, Jesus's prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do we really mean that? I want to mean it. But the only way that we're really going to see his kingdom come and his will done on earth is by loving each other and spending time with each other, letting the flow of God's love move through us and among us as we care for each other, pray for each other, share with each other, teach each other, and become friends. Maybe... I mean, if you want to bring up the band, Brooks, um, our camp fire band, I'll call it. <laughs> maybe you're someone who is like me, um, who just began searching, wanted to know what the truth was. Um, maybe you're here today and that's you. Maybe you know somebody else who's that way. And, and they just want, we just want to know. A community group is a great place to come, to knock on that door, take that bold step, and to, uh, to be able to ask those questions like you can't really do on a Sunday. Ask those questions, become common with someone else. You'll probably find someone else who says, yeah, I had that question myself. <laughs> or maybe you find yourself being someone who's, uh, maybe just, you're just kind of casual in your faith at the moment, at this season of your life. And um, it's kind of dry, your face a little predictable and um, you need a spark, you need some fire, you need some of this flow that God has for you. Uh, Come to a community group, come be a part and be a part of that exchange that takes place of caring for other people, of being cared for because you're needed, you're needed there. Speaking of which, the third category. Maybe you're someone who's, you're kinda in your, your golden years, sun setting and you feel like I've all but arrived. Um, God's not done with you yet. I just wanna say that today, God's not done and you are needed All of that wisdom, all of that knowledge that you've accumulated on your journey with God through life so far, I need to hear it. I need to know there's a whole generation of people, of young people that need to hear from you. Would you come to a community group and spend some time and and reach back? Just reach back and share so we can all be one, so we can grow together and see God move among us. That's all I have for you today. Let me just pray us so. out.